0: Listen to more episodes of this podcast earlier than everybody else and add free when you sign up for Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service that's audience-supported, featuring more than 130 top-tier educational creators focusing on making content for you and not for an algorithm. Sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv conversationswithjoe to support the podcast and get more eye-opening content. Thanks for joining the Answers with Joe podcast. Today, I'm sharing the video where I answer the question, what would happen if you fell into Jupiter? And I have to say, this was probably one of my favorite videos that I've done lately it, it, it did pretty well didn't do as, as great as some of the others in terms of views and whatnot but in terms of just having a lot of fun with it this was one of the most fun ones that I've done uh there, there's a couple of spots in there that you're probably not going to be able to get what the the joke is because you can't see the screen but um I really I really enjoyed making this one because it, it I got to tap into my comedian side a little bit more than normal. But um, Anyway, so if you've ever wondered what it's like to fall into Jupiter and you haven't seen this video already, this should answer that question for you. Hint, not fun. But uh, if you have seen the video, maybe this will be a nice little nostalgia kick, but you can check out the video in the URL in the uh, description or in the show notes. I keep saying description because I'm used to YouTube. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this video. (laughs) Hello. I hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, I will catch you next time. But first, there's this. So you've heard me talk about Canker Boy, which I know is a weird sponsor, but most people don't realize that I actually created Canker Boy. So that's me. I'm Canker Boy. <laughs> it's it's a supplement I came up with several years ago. Uh, I'd had these recurring mouth ulcers my whole life, and I was just done. I was tired of it constantly being a problem. So I did a bunch of research, tested a bunch of things on myself, and I came up with this, and it worked. So. I thought, maybe I can make this available for other people, and that's what Canker Boy is. So, weird sponsor, weird thing to talk about, but if you do have issues with canker sores and mouth ulcers, I urge you to give it a try. You get a two-month, risk-free trial, so go to cankerboy.com to check it out. That's C-A-N-K-E-R-B-O-Y.com. Now, on with the show. On May 3rd, 1999, the people of Central Oklahoma were just going about their day when storm clouds began to form and the sky turned dark. As the storm intensified, the Channel 4 news team caught footage of several vortices swirling on the ground. They and the rest of Oklahoma then stared wide-eyed as this swelled into a massive F5 tornado. It and several smaller tornadoes raged for an incredible hour and a half and tore through the towns of Bridge Creek, Moore, and parts of Oklahoma City, leaving over 9,000 without homes and ending the lives of 41 people. By the time the sun rose the next day, it had become clear that they had just witnessed one of the worst tornadoes in U.S. history. It's become known as the Bridge Creek Moor Tornado, though the locals just call it the May 3rd Tornado. And it stands out from the rest for one key reason. The wind speeds inside this tornado were clocked at an amazing 318 miles per hour. This is the fastest wind speed ever recorded in human history. And not by a little bit, either. The second highest wind speed ever recorded is 295 miles per hour. This was an extraordinary event. Yeah, that's the average wind speed on Jupiter. Robert Donig asked, what would happen if I were to fly into a gas giant? This is another one of those questions that came out of my lightning round video that was a really cool question, but too complicated for a short answer, so it got a video. So let's just say you're visiting Jupiter, and a couple of your friends push you out of the spaceship, and you fall into Jupiter. First of all, you need to get new friends. The first thing that would happen to you is you would be completely fried by the magnetic field around Jupiter. Jupiter is 300 times more massive than Earth. It's two and a half times more massive than all the other planets put together. The amount of magnetic field that comes out of this thing is insane. A lot of people don't know this now, but one of the biggest concerns with the Apollo program back in the 60s was flying through the Van Allen belts, the belts of radiation that go along the Earth's magnetic field lines. Apollo was going to be the first time human beings had flown through the Van Allen belts, and so many people wondered if it was going to... Give the astronauts a, you know, deadly dose of radiation or fry all the instruments. By the way, some flat earthers like to use the Van Allen belts as a reason why there's no way we could have gone to the moon, thus proving that the moon landings were faked. And in fairness, that was a real concern back in the 60s, but the scientists at NASA figured out a way to fly around the worst parts of the Van Allen belts, so it wasn't really a problem. But hey, if you don't trust NASA, then feel free to build your own rocket ship and fly it through the Van Allen belts, but until you're able to do that, I say we just take the opinion of the people who actually have done it. Anyway, Jupiter has its own radiation belts, but with Jupiter-sized amounts of energy. It might not kill you, but it won't leave you feeling very good for what comes next. So you enter the atmosphere, but it'll actually be hard to tell when you actually enter the atmosphere, because the upper atmosphere is so thin. It's hydrogen, it's light, so you probably won't even know that you're in it for a very long time. Not to mention the fact that Jupiter is just so big, that you're not really going to be able to see the curvature of it like you can on Earth. If you go just a a few miles up in Earth, you can see the curvature. You won't be able to do that on Jupiter. So there won't be really any good frame of reference to tell when you've officially crossed into the atmosphere, which is kind of a weird part of it. The first level of clouds that you hit will be ammonia ice clouds. Below that, you'll hit ammonium nitrate clouds. And when you go even further than that, it becomes dense enough for water clouds to form. These are clouds that are just like ours, except they're flying at 300 miles an hour. So basically you're flying into a gigantic tornado. But it's below these clouds where things start to get weird. Because Jupiter's 90% hydrogen, and famously it's kind of a failed star. Which means that it didn't have enough mass for it to actually fuse it into helium, but it did have enough to make it do some really weird things. So right after you pass through the water clouds, you're pretty comfortable. The air pressure's about what you're used to, and it's, it's warm, but you're dealing. But you keep falling, and Falling. Okay, so at this point it's dark. The clouds have obscured the sun, so there's no visual frame of reference whatsoever. You're falling, so you're weightless, you, you just you just have no perspective at all. The only thing that's changing that lets you know that you're falling further toward the center of Jupiter is that the pressure keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's getting warmer. Much, much warmer. And look, I'm not gonna hold back the secret anymore in case you're still wondering you die. Falling into Jupiter will kill you. It will very kill you. Because right about the time your body is incinerated from the heat, the pressure has also basically shattered all of your bones and crushed you into something of a charred potato. And as that giant potato that was once you continues to fall, the atmosphere compresses so tight that it becomes sort of a semi-liquid. This is a state of matter called supercritical, which basically means that it takes on some properties of gas and some properties of a liquid. This supercritical state is really hard to explain, so I'm not going to try. But the good news is you'll have plenty of time to try to figure out this supercritical state because at this point your body, the density of your body, is about the same as the density of the atmosphere, so you're not going to go any further down. You're just going to pretty much float here forever. I will remember you. Now that's the end of your journey, but I'm going to keep going down because it's below this point where the ish gets really weird. Because eventually that hydrogen gets metal. The majority of Jupiter's hydrogen is metallic hydrogen. This is a state where atoms are pressed so closely together that the electrons flow across the surface of the atoms, making it conductive like a metal. This extends for thousands of miles, swirling and flowing across the planet at incredible speeds, which creates this gigantic electromagnetic field that fried you at the beginning of your journey. And finally, at the center, it's believed to have a rocky core. A rocky core that you'll never get to because you're floating in the supercritical layer, which you didn't get to experience because you got crushed by the pressure and incinerated by the heat and fried by the electromagnetic shield all because your friends push you out of a spaceship. Why are you friends with these people? But that understanding was interpolated by measuring its electromagnetic fields and composition and mass and so on and so forth. Much of this is thanks to the Galileo mission, which spent eight years circling Jupiter and examining its moons from 1995 to 2003. And it did actually end its mission by flying into the planet. But it flew into the atmosphere at over 100,000 miles an hour, so the friction when it hit the atmosphere pretty much just vaporized it immediately there wasn't any time for selfies. Luckily, a new era of discovery is beginning right now with the Juno mission, which entered orbit around Jupiter in July of last year. Juno's mission will probably be a lot shorter than Galileo's, it's only scheduled to last for 20 months. Then again, Galileo lasted three years longer than they expected it to, so... who knows. It'll study the gravitational and electromagnetic fields around the planet to give us a better idea of what's going on underneath all those clouds, including... Deciding conclusively whether or not it has rocky core. And figuring that out will give us a lot of clues as to how the solar system formed too. But once its tour of duty is over, it too will plunge into Jupiter's atmosphere. Just another victim of your horrible friends. But in the meantime, we'll get to enjoy some really cool science. Alright, thanks to Robert for a really fun question. If you want a question answered, you can hit me in the comments or at any of my social media channels at answers with joe, and I will make that question my lava. Like, share, subscribe, and bell, I guess we have to say now. As always, thank you for watching. Now you guys go out and have an eye-opening week, and I'll see you next Monday. Love you guys. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Answers with Joe podcast. If you found this through the YouTube channel and you are not subscribed on iTunes or Google Play, I encourage you to do so. I'm going to be coming back with interviews and repeats of old videos just like this all the time. And if you found this on the podcast player, then uh, no, I have a YouTube channel on, uh, well, on YouTube. Just do a little search for Answers with Joe and you'll find all kinds of fun science and comedy stuff to keep you entertained and thinking about cool stuff for the rest of the week. And you can find this and all my podcasts and all my videos at answerswithjoe.com. And if you enjoyed it, a nice review in the iTunes or Google Play store goes a long way. And, of course, word of mouth means everything. So any anything you can do to help get the word out, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. I will catch you next time. Have a good one.